0: There are many lessons in this week's Torah portion. This week's Torah portion is Vayishlach. And we ask ourselves a question, why does Rashi find it necessary to tell us that our forefather Jacob made an Eruv on Shabbat? You know, when Jacob came to the land of Israel, first thing he did, he bought a plot of land in Shem, cash money, where Joseph's tomb is. His tomb is on a plot of land. It was paid cash money by our forefather Jacob, okay? But what did Rashi tell us? Well, he put up an arrow before Shabbat, and he upheld all the rabbinical ordinances. Okay, thank you Rashi. We know that Rashi doesn't waste a letter, not a word, but why does Rashi tell us this? Why does Rashi tell us this? take a good look? And what's this got to do with the Parsha? So if we look in the Midrash, the Breshis Rabbah in chapter 79 says that Yaakov Avinu came into Shem, which in English they call it Natalus, we call it Shem. He came into Shem on Friday afternoon, right before Shabbat. And the first thing he did is he established around the tent, the area of Shabbat was called the Tum Shabbat, the borders of Shabbat, and said to the wives and the kids, okay, you cannot go this outside of the area like a fence. Put an air did you see it? We have today an of a wire. But if you have a fence, that's an arrow, fence, a okay? gate. That's a whole gemara an eruv, and he tells us how to make, that make a proper error He made an eruv, an eruv is a rabbinical ordinance. Rabbinical ordinance, and Yaakov knew how to do it. So what was he doing? So our sages tell us that Yaakov of Vinu he, Rashi brought from the Midrash, he even upheld rabbinical ordinances, that's what the Arab is. So, what's so important for us to notice? this? Rabbi Natan opens up our eyes. In the laws of your day, laws of Malicha, laws of salting meat. And in Likutei where Rabbi Natan of gives his esoteric interpretation of Shulchanor, based on Rabbi Nachman's teachings he says that that it takes a minimum of 18 minutes of salt okay we know the, the ketrila the a ri amount of salting is the meat's got to be in salt for 60 minutes okay if it happened that the meat was 18 minutes in salt was already rendered kosher okay because of that to make sure i'll get all the blood out we say now 60 minutes. But the border between forbidden meat and permissible meat is that it should be in the 18 minutes. So Rabbi Nathan says 18 minutes is a very significant thing in halacha. Because 18 minutes is called in the Gemara Kedain meal, the time it takes to walk a mile. It takes 18 minutes to walk a mile. Eight A mile is 2,000 cubits of Payamama. A uh, 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 that is the area of shabbat a person is allowed to walk in every direction two thousand a mile 18 minutes so it's 18 minutes to get to the shabbat border 18 minutes takes you outside the border of shabbat let me ask you another question you're making matzah what is the time the that, that matzah has to be done before it's rendered 11, 18 minutes, there you go. 18 minutes all the time. 18 minutes is an international boundary between holiness and something that's rendered profane. All right, so we see here, Jacob is teaching us something important. Jacob says that we have to, why Erev Shabbat and why the Erev, this is a lesson for posterity. Jacob, our forefather Jacob's teaching us that we must establish our households with boundaries of holiness. Family, these are our boundaries. We don't go outside these boundaries. Now we can understand why the whole story of Dina took place in this week's Parsha. In the beginning of the Parsha, it says, that Jacob, he can't right outside town, when he bought this thing, Vayichan. And from the word Vayichan, that's where Rashi learns from the Midrash that he made the Eruv. And he said to the family, these are our borders of holiness. We stay within these borders. What's on the outside borders? The Canaanites. We'll see later in the Torah, what the Torah says to do with the Canaanite nations. Canaanite nations did everything, everything we hold in the Torah. Murder, this is said, mentioned the previous slide, the blood. They did all that stuff. They sacrificed their baby. They did worst stuff. The worst idolatry. Worst abominations. And forget. That's why we can see why right? Abraham, Abraham said to Eliezer, don't you bring me a Canaanite daughter-in-law, Jacob? Go to Syria. Wait a second. He has a question. In but well, the, 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 the family in Syria. That was Terah's family. Family in Syria was doing idolatry. Yeah, but they had good character. They were compassionate. They would give you water, they would, they would feed you, they would let you sleep in their house, they would be favor. The Canaanites were, were not like that. You know, remember who knew the Canaanites? You remember Sodom and they were Canaanites. Amor, they were Canaanites. That's the kind of people, that's that the personalities they had. In Syria, Abraham's family was not like that, they were compassionate. We can see Rivka, when she's compassionate, she sees Eliezer, and she right away, right away knew this is this is the girl for this is the girl for Isaac. Uh, we know Jacob says no, we don't go out. We are now in the land of Israel. But the land of Israel, it's not yet ours. It's still in the hands of Canaanite nations. Don't mix with them. So now we can understand the significance of two words. But take save Dina. Dina went out. So, so, what's it? Okay, Dina just went for a walk. Why did it say Dina went for a walk? Dina went for a tour. Why at the end of the Parsha when Dina gets into trouble and she gets entangled with the Canaanite prince from the Hivy tribe, Kivi in Aramaic means the snake. And this is what the Zohar says, They said this was the embodiment of the snake in the Hivy tribe of the Canaanites. She gets involved with this guy, okay? With Shem, the son of Hamor, who was the king of the Hivites. All right. Why does it say, V'tetze Dina? Well, she didn't listen to her father and she went out the boundaries of holiness as soon as she went out boundary of holiness we said that's where we're. then the wall came tumbling down like the dying diamonds so here's what we learned and then and etc etc victoria is teaching us that each of us we have to have a boundary of holiness in our homes we start with the boundary of holiness in ourselves say, so wait a second Rabbi Nachman talks about this. I have to have guards (laughs) on the seven gates to my soul, which are my two eyes, my two ears, my two nostrils, and my mouth. Guards in each one of them. Okay? To guard the holiness. And then on Shabbat, what do we do? Why do we have the eruv? To keep us in the tomb of holiness. Keep us in the (laughs) realm of holiness. Everything we do, this is what rabbinical law. People say, well, okay, I can accept the Torah, like I mentioned the Karaites. Oh, there's a Torah. I'm accepted of man. What's man? Let me, let me explain to you what rabbinical law is. You, my beloved brother or sister, you're walking on the edge of a cliff. That cliff has a thousand-meter fall down into the valley. It's all rocks on the way. And I see, what are you doing? He said, No, I'm surefoot it as a gazelle. No way, get it, get it. I'm gonna pull you back and pull you ten meters away from the cliff. What are you doing to me, losing hit it? No, no, I don't want you falling off the cliff. Oh, I'm sure for it Yeah, but you may, if there's one chance in a hundred there's a chance you might fall off that cliff. Uh-uh, not while I'm I'm gonna pull you off the cliff. This is rabbinical law. It's falling off a cliff, especially what we mentioned last week, and a and Talking about family purity, talking about Shabbat, talking about things that are punishable with karet, being severed from Hashem. And that's why we have so much rabbinical law on Shabbat and so much rabbinical law on family purity. People say, oh, this is not what the Torah says. No, but we have to have the rabbinical law. The Eruv on Shabbat, it's a rabbinical law. Why? It's to keep a person from walking Yeah, People say, well, no, I'm taking a nice long walk. And you take a nice long walk on the border, it's like turning on a light on Shabbat. Especially if you're carrying something in your pocket, you could carry something in your pocket with it. Your roof, you go out of the roof. It's easier to write that person violating Shabbat. This is the importance of rabbinical law. Rabbinical law is to keep us from falling off a cliff. So we learn two things from this week's parsha, from Jacob, our forefather. First, that we have to bound ourselves, bound ourselves in holiness, and make boundaries for ourselves and our family, because the parents don't have boundaries for that. the kids won't have boundaries either. And the thing, the old expression, there's an no old expression of American, your parents who say, don't do what I do, do what I say. That doesn't hold water. To read the garden of education, if you don't live it, you can't give it. You, mom and dad, a personal example. Okay, that's number one. Two, have the limits of Kedusha, And number two, to keep us from falling off a cliff, heaven forbid, and to keep our children from falling off a cliff. That's the significance that we learned that Jacob, at Eru for Shabbat. And by us guarding ourselves, what the our, our sages say, Sugar We guard ourselves in roses within the tomb, within the area of, of Haloha, Hashem's gonna have pity on us, and he's gonna bring us within the area of our rebuilt holy temple, Sabina Days Amen.